Greetings, everyone, from the New Mexico desert. This is another episode of Carnival Randomness. We're in a secluded location here, but I can see Roswell somewhere out there to the left. And Area 51's pretty much all over it because I think it's in three or four states. I'm Rob, and here's my personal man in black, Zach. Present. Zach, is that light in the sky over there? What is that? It's not a flying no, saucer. that is the planet Venus. That is what you were seeing is the planet Venus. Why is Alex Trebek here? No, I buried him under a cactus. I better move on. I hear the coyotes out there. Speaking of coyotes, we're very honored here at the carnival to have as our guest a great artist who's currently working on the book Coyotes for Image Comics, which is doing very well, Miss Caitlin Yarsky. Hey, everyone. Uh, Caitlin, I am not Robert Graves. Uh, despite what Claudius's ghost might say, and I'm definitely not Peter Graves. So you like I'm... books about gladiators, Jimmy? Sometimes. And about uh, goodbye to all that, too. But I'm not very good at biography, so could you please just tell the people out there a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure thing. So I was born in Brooklyn and uh, raised on Long Island. I ended up uh, in Rochester going to RIT, um, where I got a BFA in illustration. And I stayed here for um, game design work, which um, I did for about six and a half years. And then I decided to go full freelance and pursue comic books. Now, I think there's a lot of difference between achievement and aspirations. And I've heard people come to me and say, my dream is to write a comic book. My dream is to work on a comic book. They can't spell. They can't draw. They don't make the effort. Now, in terms of reality for trying to make it and hone your craft, how long does it take and what does it involve? Oh, boy. I don't know. I mean, my... my uh introduction into comics into the comic world has been kind of circuitous so i don't really know if that was what you you wanted to do from the beginning how you would go about it um but i know that you know getting a good foundation in uh in drawing in anatomy um you know all those all those uh skills uh is really important and then you know i mean it depends on whether you want to write or or not but uh it, it's it's a pretty tough field to get into i, I don't really know if i have uh you know like a a right way to go about it. Everybody seems to have a different path. I know Louise Simons had said lots of hard work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of hard work. It's you no can't joke. Just scri- it's not scribbling. We used to joke about some of the comics. It's like, that's not drawing, that's scribbling. Yeah. it's uh, it's. I've done a lot of different um, types of art and illustration over the years, and I can tell you that I think comics takes... Well, it's, it's just for me anyway. It's been more work um, in a shorter span of time than anything else I've d- done before. Well, actually, on that, because you said you were in game design, did you, were you a comic book fan when you were younger, or did it just kind of happen by circumstance because of the talent you have in the art world? Um, I wasn't, like, a conventional comic fan. I, I grew up with more, like, indie stuff. You know, I liked Mouse when I grew up, when I was growing up. Um, I got into The Sandman when I was in college. That was, like, the thing that really got me into comics, um, and I still love it. And um, and then, like, you know, slowly kind of dipped my toe in the water and got into, like, Saga and um, Low and different things like that. And so, yeah, it hasn't, wasn't really, like, into the traditional comics, the, like the superhero stuff so much as, as more of the indie, indie world. And I think the what I've really seen is the indie comics really have a lot better artwork and a lot more freedom with artwork because when you're doing a mainstream character, you have a character. Mm-hmm. And you can't really futz with the character too much. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And I, I think it just gives people, yeah, like you said, more freedom to explore different styles, which is really exciting. I love behind-the-scenes thing. And I remember back in the day for Marvel when they started, they had the Marvel method, which was basically the artist would draw the book, put the balloons in, and then the writer would fill them in. So I guess he had to follow the story by the art. How are comics put together now, basically? What's the process? 
Um, I can only speak to the way that um, I'm working on it with Sean, which um, right now I'm doing everything from the pencils and inks to the coloring and the lettering. Um, he, what happens is between us, like he'll send me a script and I'll kind of look through the script and it's like a, you know, any kind of script. I'll, I'll go through the, um, the, uh, the words and try to figure out where the best page breaks would be. Um, and then from there I'd kind of break it down into panels and do like really, really rough sketches and send them over to him, make sure everything feels good. And then. Well, does he there. offer you any ideas of, or kind of things of what he wants or is it, does he leave it all up to you? Um, he, sometimes he'll put notes in the script as to like thoughts he has about how something might go, um, you know, action wise. Um, but he, he's really open, um, with me, which is really great. Like he just lets me kind of roll with things. And sometimes if something doesn't feel right, like if he has a suggestion, suggestion for something visual that isn't really working for me, I'll just send him a message and be like, this isn't quite working. What if we do this instead? And he goes, oh yeah, let's do that. And, and I, and I, I feel that with artists, the more freedom you give them, the better results you're going to get. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's <clears throat> that's why I love working with Image so much is I feel like they are all about, you know, um, I mean, they're, they're creator-owned and everything, but they're just really about letting people go with their ideas, which is really cool. One thing for me was I noticed you really do everything on the art now. Lettering. How difficult, because my handwriting was once compared to a dead person by a professor, <laughs> and then another one said, look, I know you know the stuff, but if I can't read it, you're going to flunk. Mm -hmm. So I would, unless it was a book you really didn't want anybody to read, I wouldn't be a letterer, but how does, does the process really take a long time? You have to be really neat penmanship? Um, actually, it's not handwritten, um, so I do, I use a font. Um, in Photoshop, and that's how I put it together. Um, and that's I think that's how a lot of it goes these days, um, is it's less hand handwriting. I mean, sometimes I do hand um, lettering for, like, the way the wolves talk and things like that, um, and yeah, for some of the bubbles. I was just going to – I just pulled up the, the yeah. trade that I have that you can get anywhere. Yep. Buy it. <laughs> so when you can get it, all the issues are sold out, I think, of the – comic so far. so, oh, so yeah. the the wolves talking here you you actually drew that yourself yeah. Ah. yeah 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 so um that's that's the stuff that's all hand done but the rest of it is all um a font that i that i got so yeah i mean there's there been some over the years too there's some characters that are really difficult to draw like some of them for example you've done a lot more than coyotes you come up with a lot of out covers a lot of other things i've seen so there's somebody who's been really a challenge to draw for you um, you know, it's funny. I think that um, men are harder for me to draw than women. I just, I just, I don't know. Somehow, I guess just being a woman makes it easier to understand the anatomy better. But it's a, uh, that's kind of a challenge. That's that I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm getting better at it slowly because you know you have to, you know, practice as you go and you know. Yeah. Well, if you ever draw us, just draw the juggernaut, the blob, it would be <laughs> no problem. But we, but we're here to talk about coyotes. So could you explain the book a little? How did it come about with you and? Sean. Sure. Um, Coyotes is a story about a uh, girl named Red. She's 13 or 14, um, and her family is killed by these, uh, these uh, coyotes um, that turn out to be these sort of werewolves, um, these men who put on these pelts that turn them into um, these, like, women-hunting uh, beasts. And uh, so the, uh, the, the basic premise is that she joins this kind of girl gang to—, to Get revenge. So, wondering because the book really, I think, is very well done. Have you had any feelers for TV or movies or anything for it? Um, yeah, we we have. Um, can't say too much about it 
quite yet, but um, yeah, there's definitely some. I just I see film or something with it. I really do. No, I, I definitely do because of the artwork, the the premise, because it's not like anything really I've ever read. Because it's a mix of a couple different mythologies. Mm-hmm. You have uh, the lycanthropy. I if I butchered that, sorry, internet. <laughs> uh, you have a little touch of uh, Greek mythology. And mm-hmm. Ovid. If you ever read Metamorphosis, Lucan, that's where the werewolf legend came from, I think. Hmm. Really? I didn't know that. And Shakespeare, too. I mean, Shakespeare ripped off all of it. Yeah. That. He really yeah. did. It's one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Well, in the process, the one thing I want to know, and a friend of mine actually wanted to know, give or take roughly, how long does it take you to do to draw the art for an issue? Oh, boy. Um, if I'm given the time, I'll take as much time as I can get. So, uh, you know... I could take a, a, like a couple months if, if it's possible. Um, however, right now, as it is, I'm kind of working at the, the crazy like month-to-month schedule, which is um, really wild. I don't even know how people do it uh, on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that with the first four issues, it came out pretty much monthly, and then there was that break because yeah. I know the fifth issue is actually coming out mid this week. Mm-hmm. I know. I think I've always heard, this is again from Marvel, that, they got a lot of help. But Jack Kirby could draw fast, but come on. And there was one studio out there, there was the in-joke, it was called Homage because they hired a lot of people to draw for it. And Walt Kelly for Pogo used to have people drawing different things. So did El Cap. Mm-hmm. Well, not Walt Kelly, El Cap. Sorry, Walt. <laughs> but so I know it's tough, though, because you could just go how many pages a day. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm trying to do a page a day right now as far as the inking um, goes. So uh, the first arc, I actually had way more time because it was before anything was picked up or anything. So we had all the time in the world to come up with the first, you know, arc. Well, now it's sort of, how many printings is it in now? Four, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. I think the last I saw, the issue one, I think, had gone to fourth or maybe fifth printing. So it it's selling really fast. I know. When I got the first issue, I got the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. And, so this, no, it's great though. It's great. Now, what have you before this? What are some of the other projects you've worked on? As far as comics, this is my first published comic. So yeah. um, I, I did a couple other um, work for higher project, like comic projects, but they didn't, haven't been published. Um, and then before that, I was I did uh, mural for wall therapy in Rochester. And um, before that, I was just doing you know my own kind of fine art. There's a lot of, I noticed a lot of comic artists, like Neil Adams is one, a lot of them, Jim Steranko, wanted to like doing advertising art, so it seems like it's related a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, definitely all the commercial art, you know, illustration work can be moved from, you know, place to place. Well, you're really a polymath sort of anyways, because I know you've been involved in music a lot, if you want to talk about that a little. Uh, Sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's something I really love um, being a part of, and there's a great music community in Rochester, so... <clears throat> yeah, I play violin and I sing a little bit and play in a few different. Do you have groups. time to do that still at all? Not right now, so much. Um, I am in a band called the Incantations, which is really fun. Um, so we we play like a couple times a month um, here and there. And then uh, there's a band called Old Lang Syne that I really love and occasionally play with. Yeah, I admit I'm a big fan of theirs. I've seen Caitlin play and it was really really good. And she's. The devil went out to Georgia, would not want to challenge her for violin. <laughs> I tell you, it's like, it's really good music, and it's just, I can't really describe it either. It's sort of a mix of a lot of stuff, <laughs> sort of like us. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, Old Lang Syne, they're brilliant. I mean, they're they're very, like, melancholy kind of um, singer-songwriter type music, which is, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. It really is. Check it out sometime if you can ever find a copy of this stuff. It's around. It's around. They actually named a holiday after New Year's Eve. 
Yep. So make sure you do that. But you've traveled a lot, though, too, haven't you? Uh, yeah, the last uh, few years I've been kind of doing the digital nomad thing. I've been, uh, I lived in New Orleans for a little while, and then I lived in uh, Thailand for about four months, um, and then came back and lived in uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn for about a year, and then now I'm back. How is Thailand? One of my friends wanted to move to Thailand because he said it was really cheap. It is really cheap and really safe. I mean, um, depending on where you are. But I, I was in Chiang Mai, which is north um, um, in the mountains, and it's a great city, and it's it's all hooked up. It's got Wi-Fi and everything, and and um, and it's yeah, it's 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 really if you if you're on a on a budget and you want to travel someplace exotic, I'd, I'd definitely. Ah, uh, my it. one fear is called snakes, and I heard there was one there called the drop and fall because you get <laughs> bit, you drop and you fall. And yeah. I admit that I'm just a little paranoid of things like that. I know they're probably I have friends Oop. who live in Australia, which I would never live to. Yeah. it's like okay, go outside and die. Australia has like all the super killer versions of everything. Well, no, Australia the the uh, spiders and everything actually have life bars. So yeah, <laughs> the um well the there was a snake uh. I was uh, with a friend, my friend uh, Gabe, and she came to visit for about a week on her way to China um, when I was in, in Chiang Mai. And we're just standing talking outside this cafe on this street, and a huge, bright green snake just thunk, like fell out of the freaking trees above us, right next to us. We were like, what is that? And we just saw it. Well, just remember, a hippo was a lot more dangerous. So, yeah, yeah. But you might be able to run away, maybe not. No, not from a hippo. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about your co-creator, Sean? He said that in the book here that he found you and yeah, what, he, um, what he's done. Well, I think we were both kind of like looking for um, part, like creative partners at the same time. And um, yeah, Sean's awesome. And he, he found me through Facebook. There was another another publisher that was um, that had like a, a submission kind of guideline that was pretty open and they just said to um, put your work up on their page on their wall. And so all these people put their you know portfolio pieces up there and I put my original like 10 page kind of portfolio piece up there. Um, and he it was like a few pages from that. So he like was looking through all the art there and he, he stopped at mine and then he sent me an email. So. Yeah, Neil Gaiman, if you're listening, hire her. <laughs> I love Sandman. I think what he did, too, was he always had different artists, so you'd be perfect. Oh, uh, you would... Sandman was just nuts. I would die to work on Sandman. I should have worn my shirt today, but I have people, like, they look at me when I'm out there, hey, it's Sandman. It's mm-hmm. like the tarot cards, even. I was part of Magian line, which is a fan letter that mm-hmm. started with Sandman. I have a letter published in there if you ever want to see it. Oh, cool. So, But I just love that book. was amazing. And I, yeah. it's, when you have that as an influence, you can just... Oh, yeah. I loved um, Jill Thompson's um, art on uh, In Brief Lives. Yeah. That was a really great. And I got to meet her at um, C2E2 this oh, year. She's, I love her. She's uh, very big on wrestler Matt Hardy, though. She has a crush on him. Oh, yeah. She does because she talks about that. And she did Scary Godmother, oh, yeah. which is another mm-hmm. book that's really good. I think she's married to Brian Azzarello, too, the writer. Oh, maybe. really? Yeah. Oh. These days, I don't know if I should say that because you never know. But... <laughs> oh, great. Now you're gonna. Now we're going to get letters. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, death. Everybody was like death. And I guess Neil. Uh, based around his friend Cinnamon. His friend Cinnamon? Yeah. That's a great name. And I guess, unfortunately, though, I, I read something, I think, earlier this year, she passed away. Oh, yeah. So, but it's just the book's incredible. It's like, I like all his stuff. So. Oh, yeah, me too. So it's an episode about you, not him, but I guess go on. No, I know. I could go on about him forever. But he's just incredible. But, yeah, I love Sean's work as well, and, and it's what, um, it's really exciting working with him. What else has he done? He has done um, Saints. Uh, which is another image book, and right now he's working on a, uh, Clan Killers. Um, he did a series called Betrothed. I think that was Aftershock. I'm not sure. Um, and then uh, 
Yeah. Um, oh, and The Few. He did this. Google him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he's really good. One he's thing really, I'm really going to say, if you met any of the image founders, because actually Zach met Todd McFarlane and really liked him. Oh, yeah, years ago at uh, the Super Bowl in Detroit, because he always comes to premiere his uh, McFarlane Toys oh, yeah. sports line. And by the time I got to his table, unfortunately, he had sold out of them. But I just mm-hmm. sat there and talked to him for about 20 minutes. The guy is wonderful. Really? Just, I, I, I mean, people could say he's a dick or whatever if they want to, but I will deny that forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we were talking about football and he was gonna he always makes the hall of fame statues mm-hmm. so he was talking about reggie white and you know what color should he's asking me some idiot kid from outside of pittsburgh it's like what color should i make the reggie white jersey should i do the eagles <laughs> or the packers then he takes the little paper i have and just starts scribbling stuff on the back of it right he's like hey what's this is it my signature and god almighty i wish i knew where i put that piece of paper well one of the things about him too you could sign it we could sign it because you can't read his signature no his oh. signature was was brutal but did you like any if you read any of the work of those like sylvester jim lee any of those from the beginning i just know them by name i know them by name and i've looked through them since then but i um i wasn't like like you said i wasn't like a big fan of um of the more traditional stuff until you know recently when i've been going through jim lee i think's really and spark sylvester cyber force his drawings really oh yeah incredible a lot of those guys were really good and savage dragon's still going on now Mm -hmm. i know dc bought because alan moore had a big snit about it because mm-hmm. he has that thing about Watchmen, but they bought up the one. I know Jim Lee's Wildstorm got bought up by them. So, oh, okay. Which, if you get paid, you get paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd take the money. Well, yeah. actually, I'm curious because uh, you said when he found you, what did what did you think when he originally sent you the script for Coyotes or his idea? I guess I don't know if it was a script then. Yeah, I mean, it definitely clicked. Uh, you know, and occasionally you'll get other emails, you know, asking about working on stuff, and and it's it's not usually. Um, the right fit. Like a thanks um, but no thanks kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was different, and, and I kind of just felt like it was the right move for, for sure. I thought about asking you if you do my book, Kumquat Man. But oh, yeah. I just, no, just ignored if I ever get the thing. It's like, you know quality better. It's like, no. Uh, well, it's just, it's, it's just hard because it's, um, it's, it takes up so much of your time that you kind of have to be really, really judicious about which, you know, um, which projects you pick. It's amazing on. now, too, because I know, remember cross-gen comics at all? It came out, you had to work, it was the old school way of mm-hmm. doing it. You had to work in-house in Florida. Now you can be, he can be wherever he lives. You can yeah. be here. Because yeah. I know going back to Neil, now he lives in Minnesota. He would send yeah. the script out to England. Yeah. It's amazing how you do it now. You just fax it out and have it all planned like that. Yeah, it's just all through email and everything. We, I mean, we're. I feel like we're like really good friends now, but we've only met like four times. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I know, it's like one of those things. It's like one of those movies with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan or something. <laughs> One of the things, and I hate asking these kind of questions, but I really love comics. I've been involved with them for decades. And some stuff has come out recently, like about a certain editor at DC and a lot of these others. And it used to be a, an old boys network. There's a lot of really, really great female talent. I mentioned Jill Thompson, Colleen Doran, mm-hmm. Louise Simonson. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems is like harassment. And I guess like there's a problem at DC now. In your experience, have you seen any of that old boys horrible stuff, or has it been pretty good? Um, it's actually been great. I haven't had any kind of negative um, reactions really to that's the, great. Yeah, it's been... maybe in the indies like that, yeah. it's a little more because I've heard, and it's like some people again, it's like how coming out in Hollywood. I mean, no, no, not this guy. But yeah. you have to go where the truth lies. I think with the, the more like old school, you know, um, comic world, that's more prevalent. But like it, you know, it's um. It's a shame too, because you know, like like uh, the 
girl who played Rhodes in Star Wars, like, had to shut down her Twitter account because she was getting so much harassment. Yeah, it's unfortunately, and I say this too, it's unfortunately it's a paradise for some of those people now because of the online thing where, like, mm-hmm. somebody couldn't come up now. Because even, like, I've gotten things online that's, look at me. <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah. That's why we do podcasts for not on TV. And here, to make, to make use of our explicit rating, you get a lot of Tommy Tough Nuts out there, mm. you yeah. know, who like to hide behind a keyboard. Yeah. And yeah. and it's sad because granted the internet is wonderful. It gives us a lot more information, but it also lets people be assholes a lot more. Yeah. It does. So there you said asshole. Exactly. <laughs> now we're worth our explicit rating. Yeah, we had to do that for one thing, they make you go through all that stuff. So, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So are there any I mean, I really like Art Spiegelman too and Mouse. Oh, yeah. and get him to do an autograph for you because he'll do a little mouse with a cigarette. Oh really? <laughs> but in terms of other like indies and graphic novels, what do you like? Um, well, I, I really like Greg Tocchini. Um, I'm, I'm mostly, I just, you know, I try to follow artists that I really like. So, um, right now I'm following like, um, on like Instagram and everything like Pepe Larraz and, um, uh, Mateo Scalera mm-hmm. and, um, Ian McHugh. I really love Ian McHugh. So yeah, um, Carla Ortiz, she's not a comic person, but I didn't really, you know, I wasn't, um, I'm still kind of educating myself in the comic world. So, um, Carla Ortiz is like a concept artist and fine artist. Um, and she's really amazing. She's done magic cards. She's done concept art for Black Panther. Yeah. Are you into, how, how was game designing? Because I think we're probably going to talk about that eventually, and I honestly am pretty clueless. Oh, so there's going to be a war when it comes to magic. I'm just going to say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, game design-wise, I, I was working on, like, mobile games uh, for kids, you know, stuff for Nickelodeon um, uh, through through the company I was working with, and um, and some Disney and things like that. Um, and it was really fun. It's a great It, it was a great experience. Um, I just realized it wasn't quite, like, you know, the – my passion you know like i mean it is for a lot of people and for a lot of people that were working with me um and it's an amazing uh field but yeah it, it's uh it was just something I, I felt like comics was more of a for me like um it had so much freedom in the creative side of things you know you could just do anything there's no limit well, i've always said sometimes and i'll make fun of some people here like, I'll see somebody, there was, my dad watches polka shows, so we're watching Jimmy Stewart. He had a guy on from The Voice, and the guy did a song, and he had technically great vocals, but there was no feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I prefer, like, a Tom Waits or a Ray Davies, but there's a passion to this book. There's really something more than just you pick it up. It's like, oh, it's just a bunch of pictures, and these. it's like, you could tell you really, both of you really are into it. Oh, glad. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I feel like that's... That's the thing with with comics is you you have to be really into it to to do it to do it um, as well as you can because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna feel it. But you know, if you well, I know one thing. It's got to be really good creating your characters. But I know Zach was interested in this, so he can ask you mm-hmm. about in terms of like characters, what you'd want ever. Yeah, if you could do a fantasy drawing from any company, any character, who would you most want to draw, and maybe what would you do with them if? You didn't like the particular storyline. What direction would you take them in? Oh, um, what do you mean if I didn't like the storyline? Well, like, because um, just throwing out an example, Wonder Woman has had some pretty uh, sketchy storylines. Not Greg Rucka, though. No, not Rucka's. He, his was fantastic. But I know there was someone, she was a, a waitress in a mm-hmm. diner under the name Diana Prince. Mm-hmm. But if, if you saw a character that you really wanted to draw and they weren't in the greatest of storylines... Like, what direction you would know, you kind of take that? A good example that would be Frank Miller's Daredevil. Well, he took a book which a lot of people really enjoyed, but mm-hmm. it was just sort of bland, superhero, and he really, really 
did a lot of like Alan Moore with Swamp Thing, where he's been called the Shakespeare of comics. Yeah. So is there like anybody you could think of that you would just say, give me free reign? You know, I don't know. I, I, I really feel like if I could draw like delirium or death or something, that would be like the dream. But I can't imagine a, a storyline that wouldn't be awesome with that. So I don't know if I have um, any characters that I would want to revamp. Anyway. I could get me as writer and it won't be awesome. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. But I couldn't think so. And I loved, I used to go around with delirium, just acting like her, just making all the weird phrases and oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. She's got some disturbing dialogue. The thing was, for years, too, they were going to supposedly have a Sandman movie. Now, this would have been, because what Neil said was Daniel Day Lewis he wanted for Morpheus. Really? And how can you do better than that? He'll be back. But I was you, thinking Benedict Cumberbatch would be a cool looking Sandman. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what? Now that you mention that, right? I, I'd buy that. I definitely would. You know who he said for uh, Desire? He said Annie Lennox. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> well, oh, that's man. Neil. Annie Lennox. But yeah. I guess he scripted a death movie. He said it's root because he did. If you saw Mirror Mask, I liked I lo- it. I love Mirror Mask. I loved it. I, what I call it is the dark, dark version of the Dark Crystal. Yeah. But I loved it, and I would take friends to go see it at the yeah. Little, and they'd be. What the heck is this? I mean, it was weird, and it had its it had its flaws, but it was so unusual and really interesting. I loved it, though. I yeah. just thought that I liked just about everything he's done there. Again, so mm-hmm. We'll bring him on with you sometime. Well, I, I uh, did an internship with Jim Henson for, like, a summer um, when I was, like, 21 or so. Really? Yeah, and it wow. was, it was I was just geeking out so hard. I mean, they had Skeksis there, and, like, I'm, like in my office, in the office that I was, or, like, outside the office was, uh, like, right next to my desk was, like, the guy, uh, Valentine's mask and like the the mirror mask of queen like her dress and everything. oh man i'm gonna watch that tonight again i own it i was totally freaking out yeah that's i have this horrible memory of jim henson though because i remember on the day of our senior ball in college he himself jim henson and sammy davis jr passed away we heard about it in the car and it was sad reading his biography about how he had no he didn't get checked in Mm -hmm. but did you ever meet frank oz or any of them no i never did um it was the kind of the time it was a kind of a lull time for jim henson it was kind of like you remember the 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 one of the newer movies that the one that had um steve uh what am i thinking of oh it was like the Muppet of a Man song, you know that one? Yeah. So where they like went to visit the studios yeah. and everything was like cobwebs and like creepy and stuff. It was it was a little bit like that. It was like, where is everybody? But it's I know it's it, it's rebounded a lot. It's so. like I'm Kermit the Frog and our guest this weekend the Muppet Show is Caitlin Yarson. Yay! <laughs> I still love that show. It's like comfort food. Oh, it really definitely. is. I never saw the new one. I, I actually did. Did you ever see the the revamp of the Muppet Show? No. They were kind of running it as like a talk show Mm -hmm. where Miss Piggy was the host, Kermit was the beaten down producer. (laughs) And it was interesting. It only went one season and then they they canned it. Oh, really? I I enjoyed it for what it was because it took all the old old school Muppets that we grew up with, put them in a different light. Mm, Yeah. And it, it was definitely entertaining because it really let them do, and especially in this day and age, it let them do a lot more... Because the bear kept making jokes about the Revenant. It's like, I swear to God, if one more person makes a Revenant joke, I'm going to eat them. Wow. Sometimes I think we're like the two judges on there a little bit. But we'd have to be like Ramada and Hilton so we don't get sued. Oh, no. I'd I'd rather get sued by Henson than Ramada and Hilton. This podcast was terrible, terrible, terrible. (laughs) Well, 
know, let's not go that far. If the Swedish chef on or whatever uh, like that sometimes. Yeah. We'd have to be the yeah. Finnish Chase chef. Chicken or the around Finnish cook. or something. I grew up more with the, the, the Sesame Street Muppets. I used to watch, they had elect, it was them in the electric company was Spider-Man. Morgan Freeman was on the show, and I never even remember. He was, I don't know if oh, he was so the Oh, so many people, yeah. Oh, an electric company? Yeah. yeah. And then the Stuffalopicus. Mm-hmm. You used to always watch PBS like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. Muppetry, it's different than puppetry, isn't it, too? It's like you have to go on the bottom and sort of... I think so, yeah, yeah. How dare you? I barely know you, sir. They do that, though. They don't <laughs> just use the strings or anything. They have to do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy in Big Bird and but, whatnot. But I think Frank Oz got all snitty about, like, the new Star Wars movies. Doesn't want to do them or anything. Yeah, I've yeah. heard, unfortunately, he is uh, not the easiest person in the world to get along with. Mm. But I just remember him from the Blues Brothers. One soiled. One on you is prophylactic. One soiled. He's directed a lot of stuff, though, too. No, he did. So one thing we always like to ask on here, too, is you probably do a lot of interviews and everything. What's something you'd like to be asked or something people don't know about you that would be interesting? Ooh. um, Wow, I really don't know the answer to that. It's uh, We've been talking about music, which is always fun to talk about, so... That's why, honestly, I, the way I think more of you in music is that's where I saw you play and everything all those right. years. It's like, wow, you do everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to do more music, but it's it's kind of one of those things where you have to focus on what you know, what you're going to spend your time on. I know so many bands and people. You have to. How can you work twelve, fifteen hours and go practice, practice yeah. right up to gigs, yeah, and everything else? But were you classically trained, or did you just pick it up yourself? Um, no, I mean, I, I was I played a uh, violin from when I was like eight until through high school and everything, and it was uh, you know, but it was all like, you know, public education, you know, kind of like so, you know, you you learn some, but not quite as much as you might like like to. And then I didn't learn anything about improv, or impro- you know, improvising um, until after college when I met all these awesome musicians here who were super inclusive and just came, were like, oh, come over it's and jam. It's the way, too, isn't it, where it's like you learn from other people, too, yeah. the collaboration, where yeah. you add something. It's like, I can't do this. This person could do this. They can't do that. I can yeah. do that and everything. Yeah, and I, sometimes I miss sheet music because it's like, it's not that it's easier, but it's just um, it's a different part of your brain working and... Uh, it's it's really fun to just like try to challenge yourself with the improv though. It's I watched that at the RPO sometime while turning the sheet and waiting for like a wind from the air conditioner to blow it or something. You better remember it. <laughs> Actually, that's yeah. the one thing my dad said. He was a, as he calls himself, sorry, dad, a hack musician. Yeah. But he couldn't read sheet music. That's how I feel. I'm like all. a hack musician. <laughs> but you know, he played back in the seventies. He was in a, mm. a couple garage bands, and then recently he was with a bunch of old geezers. Yeah, you are one. Uh, and they played a couple gigs, but yeah, he never. From what I from what I remember, I don't think he ever could read sheet music. I could mm-hmm. because I took piano lessons. But oh yeah, yeah, that was years ago. I can't. If I played a kazoo, I got a Sifley's Plaza, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now Coyotes is open ended too, right? It's not a limited series or anything, right? Um, the current plan is to end it with this arc that we're working on right oh. now. Um, but, you know, anything could happen. <laughs> I know it's a lot, like for Dark Horse especially, for some, a lot of people, like the way they did with the buying and stuff, uh-huh. they would do miniseries after miniseries. And I think with the popularity of this, it's mm-hmm. not going to be the end to branch out the characters too and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, set up in a way that I think, the, with, like the writing, that I think that it could it could continue if we decided to do that. Well, and on that, if, if they, for some reason, I don't know why they would choose not to continue it, 
I'm sure you can't talk about it if anything happened, but have there been other offers of other people like, hey, you know, if you're if you're ever not doing coyotes, we have something you might like. I'm yeah. I'm um, sure that somebody out there in the woodwork is reaching out. Um, only not that many, honestly. Um, had a couple like casual conversations where people were like, oh, if you're ever free for something, then, um, but, but yeah, just mostly just focusing on coyotes right now, and uh, I'm really excited to go to. New York City Comic Con this year. Um, I, I didn't get into Artist Alley, um, but I'm going to go anyway and just hang out with the image people Still, and stuff. It's so. one of those things. David Tennant's coming there, and I'm a big Doctor Who oh, fan. Oh, yeah. He was really good in Jessica Jones, too. Did you see that? Oh, he's really good in Broadchurch, uh, too. Yeah. David Tennant. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> no, that's, uh, he had to tell, tell the story. Top Gear reference. Oh, no, man. in the show Top Gear, the British one, not the American one, he was a guest, and Billy Piper had been on before that. Hmm. The host says, well, Billy Piper calls you David Tennant, doesn't she? And God bless her for it. He's really... Uh, he's Scottish. David yeah, McDonald. McDonald. And, he, and he's actually married to Peter Davison's daughter. Oh, oh that's right. You mentioned Because that. he met Peter that. Davison on the one doc... Sorry, I'm just huge into Doctor Who. So no, I'll, go, I'll turn it into that. You could, be the, you could be the traveling companion for the next doctor. Yeah. And he starts going on about... Peter Davison was on there. I guess Peter told him the Patrick Troughton role about only do it for three seasons so during a performance of hamlet he announced he said it was heartbreaking but he announced he was quitting hmm. well actually one thing i also i want to know do you want to write your own like the whole writing thing as well in addition to the art or would that just be i would love to i have one story kind of um on the back burner that's the one that i kind of started um showing my piece to everybody it was called harper finn or the changeable harper finn um and so i have like a lot of stuff in my head and i want to, that i want to get out i, I feel like <sighs> I'm not really a writer, so it's it's a little intimidating. But you know, I'm learning a lot as as I'm working with Sean too, and just like just just through seeing the way he does things, and and ho- hoping that like you know sometime maybe next year or something, I can go back to it and and, and try my hand at it. Yeah. And I I know you said you weren't a huge comic traditional comic fan at first, but then you got into it. I've always felt that maybe sometimes the best comic artists weren't comic book fans that they come in with a different perspective in that this is this is what i think it could be Hmm. rather than this is what i want it to be well one of your theories i've always liked is you said if you're gonna have a comic book movie have somebody who's not a fan yeah though like tim burton sort of a comic book snob where and here we'll break the ratings again kevin smith said for the superman movie that they were going to do when he did the script. He'll sign the script, but he'll sign it, fuck Tim Burton. Because, oh, gasp, because gasp. he just, he's like a snob about comics, but you said that you think it's better if they're not big fans of it. Well, and that that's kind of what where I was going with that, because they're going to come in and they're going to look at what the comic character is and do that rather yeah. than what they wanted to see. I can see that. I mean, it's, I think that there's definitely like some blind spots sometimes with people who are, are fans of something from childhood. You know, like I love... I love, like, the old Jim Henson, like, dark stuff, like, you know, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I would trust myself to, like, work on something because I feel like I would, you know, I don't know if I have a very objective view. But at the same time, right. like, you know, um, Alan Heinberg, who wrote, you know, co-wrote Wonder Woman, like, he's been a huge fan of Wonder Woman since he was a little kid. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's a great movie. So, I don't know. I, I think it depends on the person. I think so, too, because I was thinking that because I'm a huge comic fan that, in a way, you have a knowledge of it. And maybe you go, okay... Like the Fantastic Four, I think the movies have been stinkers. You, you, well, I've always said. Well, somebody the, out there likes them. I the, don't know. The best us. way to make a Fantastic Four movie, don't do it. 
<laughs> but one of the things about that, though, is sometimes it's like, okay, I want to delve into this. This is what I want to bring to and bring the history. And you see a lot of comic book writers really love, like Kurt Bysiak, for example. Mm. And what they do is they know so much about this, they bring it out. But like sometimes Grant Morrison, Kitchen Sinks, and there's too much. So probably mm. a mix. Yeah, a mix, I think a mix would be good. I, I think that not knowing anything is probably not good because then, you know, there's a lot of tradition and a lot of amazing things that people – you know, came up with, and it's it's almost like you know you got to stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Instead of just yeah. starting from scratch, because yeah. that's not really very. It's it's kind of being irreverent of the of the process. If when Coyotes becomes a movie or TV show, fight for it, because I see so many like I Zombie. I could go on for weeks about how yeah. much I love the book, but don't like the series. Well, I feel like politically, even it's like a weirdly timely story. Yeah. You know, with the border towns and and immigration and everything. You and, know, I didn't even think of that, but like we and, and yeah. this this started like you know three years ago. So it was, it was like before any of this became like a huge hot button topic, but it feels like a really good time to. It's ironic tell sometimes the story. when you read an old book or something like that, something from the 50s or 60s, uh-huh. and you're thinking, they had the same stuff now and they didn't fix it. It's worse now. It's <laughs> yeah. like you had all these years. Yeah. But no, I never thought of it that angle. That's actually. Uh, no, and now that you mention it, it really is kind of. Yeah. It really does kind of fit in oddly and Empowering I Empowering women and Well that's the thing, you know, you've got the women empowerment, you've got the border town issue, you've got Yeah, t- you know, the toxic corruption masculinity in, corruption and... in the police departments mm-hmm. and Yeah. It's yeah, it could definitely fit in pretty Only much. The problem I always have with that is the people who should be reading it won't because they'll stick there because they're not going to learn. It's you're preaching to the converted a mm. lot of times because they're like, oh yeah, it's good, yeah. but they're like, you know, get in the kitchen, like get away from me. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I don't know how to reach those people honestly. It's, no, it's, it's like it's, you just get them out of your life basically. Just go on doing what you do, try to live a better life than them or mm. something. Because yeah. I see the protesters for some things that go, you don't have better. I wish I had time to hold the funny sign up or something. Yeah, I mean, some people have really. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about stuff like this, where a lot of pe- there are some people who have ways of. Of talking to the other side and and in a in a way that lets that person feel, um, if not respected, at least listened to, and so it, and then people change from there. Like there was this guy, um, who like years ago he started doing this. Um, he was he a black man who started befriending uh, members of the KKK. Did you hear about, about this? Yeah, I heard about it this. It was amazing because I was like, I, I don't know if I could ever like yeah. you know ha- like have a civil conversation, and he right. was doing it, and he was getting their attention and and I think a lot of those people had never made friends or even hung out with a black person before and so he was he was like kind of infiltrating and and showing you know that I guess just, just like slowly changing their their yeah, and preconceptions he, and he actually did yeah. he swayed yeah. a couple I, I people really one person at a time that. and he, if you can if a black man can sway the mind of a of a Klansman the, and he did he got people like yeah. uh, uh, gave him their their hoods and cloaks and stuff and, and like they were done yeah after. I think the way to do it a lot of times is just when you treat people as individuals because you can do that evil group but when you meet someone you go but I was really bad with the KKK I wasn't like him because I saw them in an airport in Georgia. And when you see him in person, I'm trying not to laugh. Yeah, I don't, yeah. And I just went up to one and I said, "How do you keep your white shirts white?" <laughs> well, not yeah. everybody, not everybody has the patience of that guy. I don't think. But no. Well, yeah. I know they, they, uh, there was a rally in Pittsburgh several years ago, and they had all the police lined up just in case anything happened. You know what happened? Nobody showed up. Really? And nobody came. Nobody came and gave them <laughs> any press. That's so great. They, That's they, great. They were, uh, from what I understand, they were basically standing on steps preaching yeah. to nobody. Yeah, yeah you Except the cars driving by in their normal traffic. 
I was uh, I was with my family like this last week, and we were you know my, my dad was talking about how frustrating it is that you know they're covering right. I think it's it's either today or tomorrow that there's some kind of like alt right national like white supremacist thing going on in D.C. Oh, and they're Lord. giving them like. Like the city's giving them like um, extra subway cars to like you know protect yeah, the, them or something, and then, and they're just covering this so hard. That's and you, the thing. If they want it to go away, don't give, don't them, give them press coverage. Yeah. No, I know. It's like yeah. the whole national anthem controversy. Right? Yeah. If you want it to stop, ignore it. As we It'll say, we are random, but we'll go back to comic books now. Yeah. Is there a favorite <laughs> character you like drawing in this book? Oh yeah, um, Abuela. I mean, there there are you know, a bunch I w- of them. I was thinking that because yeah. you get this. All right, spoiler alert, but you're going to go buy the book anyway. Yes, you are buying it. Badass old lady (laughs) who parkours off of walls, chewing on a cigar, and has this, I don't even know what the hell it is, like a gigantic rocket launcher that she pulls out of a bookshelf. (laughs) It's... But she she is just she's quality. She's really fun. I, had, I admit it, I have no artistic talent, but I would like to draw the coyotes, the werewolves, because I'd name one after my dog. Aw. <laughs> yeah. All she would do is you would fall over. Well, basically, that's the thing. your but... dog, my dog, they would basically just, you know, as you're running away from the other ones, they would trip over them. <laughs> it's like, well, good good work. Fella. But I love that yeah. character. That character, Abuela, is awesome. She's really fun to draw. Oh, um, that's just, that's just well, and, I love her. But on that note, on the Abuela note and me forcing, well, not forcing, yes, mentally forcing you, go buy it. It's really good. I got, you can get the trade off of um, Amazon. Issue 5 comes out the middle of this, the middle of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can, fo- if they want to follow you, where do they, where do they find you social media wise or? I'm all over the place. So I'm on Instagram, uh, just Caitlin Yarsky, I, I believe is my handle. Um, And then I think... Yarsky with with three R's Y A R R R S K Y is my handle for Twitter. Um, so yeah, follow me on there. Follow there. Get the books. Follow it. Can we also get this Amazon? The best way to get it, or um, your I, local, local comic shop, or for the trade, um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, any of those. You know, it's so cool being in Barnes and Noble. I'll see the <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah, it's Yay. like hey, I talked to that girl. <laughs> It's it's really surreal. I mean, this is like my first published book, so I don't Actually, know how this. On that note, what was what was it like the first time you saw it in a store? If you saw it in a store, like a book with yeah. your name on it that you had. You've always heard a... that thing about the musician hearing the song on the radio. What was that like seeing it in the store? Yeah, um, I actually haven't seen it at a. I haven't gone to a Barnes and Noble any time. You have to recently. do this. Go to the Barnes and Noble. Somebody's looking around there. Pull it out. Have you read this? Yeah. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I think what blew my mind the most was when a friend of mine who's living in Manila, I think in the Philippines, found a copy of like an issue like at his local comic book store. And I was oh, just like, whoa. That's pretty <laughs> amazing. When I was in Warsaw, I saw copies of Batman in like stores. And I'm looking at it wow. going, it's amazing. It's worldwide. It really is. And these days, it's so easy to be it's all over the place now mm-hmm. it's not where in the day it'd be local here nobody would know about it yeah. well and that's what it is i i was actually perusing images site under your creator page and you can get them online you can get the the kindle i don't know kindle versions oh yeah mm-hmm. electronic versions you can get them you can still from what i it looks like you may be order able to order print mm-hmm. of the back issues I think so, yeah. Yep. It's one thing I have to ask, and I'm sort of alluded like that a little. A lot of my friends are going to reading books online. Do you still prefer the paper and everything to read, or you do the e-books and all that kind of stuff? No, I prefer I prefer paper for sure. Um, for, for, like, novels and things, I tend to go audiobook because I'm constantly drawing. So, oh, it's, yes. you know, it's I have to listen listen to stuff more. Well, there's a little squiggle here. Ah, oh, you were reading while you were right, doing yeah. this, right? Yep. 
going. Well, I don't know. Rob, you have anything else? Caleb, do, any parting words? Anything Anything you would like to... You have a platform. What's on your brain? What, what would you like the world to know? Um... I guess I would just like to plug coyotes and say, give it a try. You know, it's uh, it's available in trade, and I'm not sure how. The, I think the back issues you can get through Image. Um, Sounds like the fourth printing. I think it really is. Is it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Fourth, like fourth or fourth printing. Or and I don't know how many issues go out with each printing, mm-hmm. but needless to say, that's a lot. So that should tell you, everybody out there, something that this is a good book. People are buying it. I bought it. I like it. Give it a shot. Even if you don't like it, just give it a shot. You know, you might. And I'll bet you the artwork, and once, I think it's issue three, where, or the end of issue two where Abuela comes in, Yep. Mm-hmm. get to that point, you'll see exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about and notice that I, if anything, undersold it. <laughs> I heard we actually have a real sponsor. Yeah, my God. So, in case you people didn't notice, the last two weeks, I've made up the sponsors. But we actually have a real-life legitimate sponsor from an actual person. It's uh, Upsitnik and Associates, Attorneys at Law. Fighting for you, the people, for over 40 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska, all points in between. Uh, check them out on Facebook or their website, upsitnickslaw.com. I run the Facebook page. I know them. Uh, basically, even if you're not, they're based in the Pittsburgh area. If you're not in Pittsburgh, just reach out. They'll give you free, well, not free advice. He gives me free advice. And because we had a real sponsor, we had to get rid of our other sponsor who might not be so real. Colic ice cream. When you lick it, your taste buds will go moo, and it will draw you jump over the moon. So it's really good. But, again, buy the book. It's out there. It's great. It's really great. Send us feedback on it. Say you bought it. You will not regret it. <laughs> and issue and five on Wednesday. Issue five is coming out on Wednesday, so get it now. It might be sold out. When I got the first issue, I got the last two. So, ha-ha. So, there. <laughs> but this has been very fun. Thank you very much, Kate yeah, Liarski. Oh, that was thank awesome. Thank you so much and for having me. And for Zach, for me, who I'm still Rob. Uh, good night. Elf Wiedersen, Gesundheit. Bad bye, everybody.